Good morning, AWS, and welcome to the AWS Morning Brief. I'm cloud economist Corey Quinn, fixing AWS bills here in San Francisco, or wherever I happen to find them. This episode is sponsored by Influx Data, the creators of InfluxDB. InfluxDB is like Amazon Timestream, except that it has customers. In addition to being actually available for sale, it's also the de facto time series database you probably use if you need a time series database. They've got a few other products available as open source, as well as managed service offerings. Check them out at influxdata.com. Now let's find out what happened last week in AWS. Amazon EC2 now supports tagging launch templates on creation. And someday we're going to forget that there was ever a time where this wasn't supported. Until then, we can bask in how very, very angry it makes us that it took until the year of our Lord 2019 to release such a feature. Amazon EC2 Spot is now available for Red Hat Enterprise Linux, which we now refer to as IBM Enterprise Linux because that stink doesn't wash off. Unfortunately, they're a little late to the game because, not for nothing, people don't really care with modern workloads exactly what operating system they're running on, let alone what distribution of that operating system, with the exception of a few very specific regulated workloads. It's an exciting update that's just a few years too late for an awful lot of us. Amazon ECR now supports immutable image tags, and I almost dropped my coffee because, wait, have we ever seen anything in all of AWS taggingdom that supported immutable tags? I don't think we have, and if I'm wrong, please let me know because that changes a lot. Amazon S3 now adds support for percentiles on Amazon CloudWatch metrics. So finally, a feature for the 99.95% of us. AWS Backup will automatically copy tags from resource to recovery point, which is such a good idea that I've got to confess I'm a little annoyed that it hadn't occurred to me to mock them for not implementing it yet. The AWS Client VPN now adds support for Split Tunnel, which is great. That means, for those of you who didn't spend entirely too many years in networking hell, that you can just funnel traffic destined for resources inside of your VPC across the tunnel rather than everything. So you're not inadvertently looking at, for example... I don't know, random image searches far away from a region you happen to be in and wondering why everything is super slow, plus paying AWS data transfer fees to do it. If it makes sense for your application, look into it. AWS IoT Events Actions now support AWS Lambda, SQS, Kinesis Firehose, and IoT Events as targets, which is awesome, or it would be if you used IoT Events, but you don't. Despite it being a great service, you don't give it a second glance because it's buried away somewhere under the IoT umbrella of things that don't really require IoT, but live here anyway because marketing kind of biffed it. AWS Snowball and Snowball Edge are now available in Seoul. That's super handy if you're... Wait a minute. Snowballs are boxes that they ship to various places that contain drives. FedEx and UPS have shipped to Seoul for literally decades. How does a region now get support for something like this? AWS Systems Manager Distributor makes it easier to create distributable software packages. AWS informs us that no, the warehouse workers are a different division of Amazon. Now we're pleased to announce Systems Manager Distribution Center. 
CloudWatch logs insights, adds cross-log group querying. Finally, we aren't forced to descend into a maze of twisty log groups, all alike. So at the DuckBuild group, one of the things that distinguishes us is that we have no partnerships with anyone. The only way we build our customers is fixed fee. Well, what that means is that we don't have any financial incentive to recommend a particular company to our customers. But so when we do, the reason that we make that recommendation is because it's what's best for the customer in question. One of the companies that I find myself recommending a lot is Chaos Search. Picture Elasticsearch without all the things that make it terrible when you're running it today. What if you didn't have to manage instances? What if you didn't have to pay AWS for a badly done managed service? What if you didn't have to decide between official Elasticsearch or open distro for Elasticsearch and the political nuances thereof? What Chaos Search does is provides an Elasticsearch-compatible API to data that lives in S3. For most workloads, they knock about 80% off of companies' Elasticsearch spend with very similar performance characteristics. Take a look. See what they have to say. I'm very pleased with what I've seen with them in the wild, and I couldn't be happier that they're sponsoring this episode. So thanks to Chaos Search for this. Learn more at chaossearch.io. There's a configuration update for Amazon EFS encryption of data in transit. Well, something to consider here is that that's a bit of a misnomer. Digging under the hood, they used to have a certificate-based thing that was set by default that now they are not enabling by default. Changing defaults like that is always going to be contentious and is always going to irritate people, but I get the distinct impression that this is the better outcome for customers because having to enable that if you want it or need it or know what it is is probably better than not having things work and being unable to understand why. This feels like something that Amazon does to help customers, but doesn't like to change things. And it's where they wind up having these different debates where customer obsession ideally is the leadership principle that carries the day. I don't know, but that's just a guess. They now have a demo of something called an AI-driven social media dashboard, which I just love because confounding the living hell out of anything AI-based around social media is something I love doing because of the wonderful gift that is sarcasm that robots don't understand. So using AI around social media sentiment analysis is a terrific plan that couldn't possibly fail. Amazon EC2 has launched resource optimization recommendations. Not content to have third-party vendors being the only ones in this space, now Amazon themselves will suggest that you turn off your idle DR site to save money on instances that really aren't doing anything. Introducing AWS Chatbot in beta, Chat ops for AWS in Slack and Amazon Chime. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are they still pretending that Amazon Chime is going to be a thing? It's not. It's a chatbot beta for Slack. The end. Full stop for everyone who doesn't work at Amazon. And the problem with this beta right now is that, like most poor marketers, are stuck in transmit-only mode. It doesn't listen yet. It is something that is going to provide useful diagnostic information, but right now it can't really control anything. Hot on the heels of that announcement, AWS Budgets announces AWS Chatbot integration. So the same day that they announced Chatbots, the budget team supports integration with it as a separate and distinct announcement. That's called double dipping when it comes to number of new features released on that ever-escalating slide. They have another solution example called predictive maintenance using machine learning, which is awesome because usually I think your brakes are about to fail style predictions have been the domain of very large, very angry men with nicknames like Bruiser. 
There are now vouchers available for AWS certification exams, so when you need to certify a large group of people, that gets easier. Awesome. If you have a large sea of data center staff you'd like to wave a magic wand over and turn into cloud DevSec SRE ops engineers, but can't figure out the logistics behind paying for them all to get certified at the same time, one of your pain points has just been alleviated, but it's probably not the one that you were hoping it would be. You can now use AWS Systems Manager maintenance windows to select resource groups as targets. Personally, I'm irritated that this service wasn't referred to as AWS Systems Manager on holiday. A temporary queue client is now available for Amazon SQS, turning the queue goes away and loses anything that it contains from a bug that cripples your application into a headline feature. Spring 2019 PCI DSS reports are now available, adding 12 services in scope, which is awesome. Now I can use AWS SDK metrics for enterprise support to process credit card transactions. Huzzah! And one other thing that did not make the official AWS blog, but because Amazon's a publicly traded company, they announced their earnings report. They grew 37% rather than the predicted 41%. So the markets wound up blowing something on the order of $20 billion off of Amazon's valuation shortly after that dropped. Not because Amazon isn't killing it, but rather because financial analysts suck at their jobs. If you take a look at things from a somewhat objective view of a $31 billion run rate business, that's going to be something that's difficult to double in size every year or two. You're hitting population limits. You're hitting how quickly people can sign large checks. But looking at growth rate as a metric for how businesses are doing is generally not great. I mean, a year ago, I was a one-person company. Now we're a three-person company. So we've tripled the size of the Duckbill Group in a year. How come Amazon didn't triple the size of its business? It's the same model. It's easier to, to multiply small numbers than it is big numbers here in the real world. And that's a wrap for this week's episode of the AWS Morning Brief. I'm Corey Quinn, cloud economist for the Duckbill Group. And if you have an AWS bill that's terrifyingly expensive to you, we can help. Go to duckbillgroup.com to learn more. Thanks to our sponsors today, Influx Data and Chaos Search. And I'll talk to you next week. Pod production. Stay humble.